time to talk AFL and we'll look at the Formula One as well. Timmy Hodges joins us on the show. Tim, good morning. G'day, boys. How are you? Nice to be with you. Timmy, where should we start? Should we start with Geelong, the, the reigning Premier? Zero and three. Andrew Brown told us this morning the last time someone won a flag and the last team to win a game the following season was Collingwood back in 1959. So it is a rarity. It's almost unfair, isn't it? Twelve quarters after holding the Premiership Cup, the, the Cats are now under siege. But that's what happens when... Like in round one, they ran out of legs against Collingwood. Um, I think round two, they look back on and they probably should have beaten Carlton. And then they had their worst performance of the year. They were just off yesterday. Uh, maybe it was the, the Queensland heat and the good on the Suns for, for you know, the massive, massively important win for the Suns. But um, yeah, it does make things very difficult for the Cats. All of a sudden, they're 12 points behind, well, Collingwood, for instance, that one of their challenges. So they've got to... They've got to get on the bike and get going. Otherwise, this this season could be it could be gone in a couple of weeks. So they've got a long break now, leading into Easter Monday. Their traditional clash against their fierce rival Hawthorne, who are not going very well. I know they won on the weekend and they sit seventeenth, but the Cats are eighteenth. So you would expect them to get back on the winners list. But gee, it's a, it does make for a, an, an added edge to what is always a you know Easter Monday is always special for the Cats and the Hawks, but. Uh, it means a bit more this weekend, just because the Geelong has to get the four points and get their season going, or it'll be the season will be gone. They get they get Mitch Duncan back this week, and that's that's going to be a big in. Um, surely they'll get the job done easily on Monday. Well, I, I mean, honestly, Jared, nice to hear your voice again. Uh, honestly, we said that about yesterday that they'll they'll go up there and they'll win and yeah. they'll be one and two and they'll be okay. And they looked dreadful yesterday, so. They've got so many guys underdone. That's, I mean, that's part of the problem, guys. And you, you know this with, with NRL as well, that the Premiers quite often are the, you know, they celebrate harder than any other team. So then they probably need a bigger preseason than any other team. The problem is their preseason is shorter than any other team. And it looks like it with Geelong, that Tom Hawkins has had the, the off-season surgery in October. He, he just does not look right. Uh, something's up with, with Patrick Dangerfield. His first three games as captain has been probably... I mean, probably his worst three games he's ever played in AFL, which is mm. staggering. Um, guys like Zach Tui, they they just don't look like they looked in September. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how this is not a super quick fix. I know four points will help them, and they probably get – you're right, Joe, they probably get them on Easter Monday, but, um, you know, they, they've got to turn this around and, and find I – I don't know how you, you do it on the run. You can't afford to be giving teams four or five start because at best then you're going to finish the bottom part of the eight and we know how difficult it is to win from there. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, I mean, they've already conceded the, the first three games of the season. So then you look back and think, well, righto, they have to be, um, I mean, they have to win at least 12 of, of their remaining games so they yeah. can only afford a couple more slip-ups. Um, so that's sort of where they're at. So, yeah, I, I think, I mean, even as bad as... They were. I, I still think they would have gone up to Queensland expecting to win that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's a real setback for them and, and where they're at. Timmy, uh, yeah, one other controversial talking point from the weekend is once again free kicks for dissent. Uh, well, yes, it d- d- directly impacted the result of the Giants and Carlton game, which I presume is what you're talking about. And, and I know a lot of people and. I'm willing to listen to a lot of commentary. and uh, Jonathan Brown was most adamant on Saturday night on Fox Footy where he said, well, 
my kids play junior footy, I see the the treatment that, that umpires cop and it comes direct from the AFL. So he was fully supportive of the free kick and then, I mean, there's been just a barrage of abuse towards it that's the most abysmal free kick ever given in football history. So, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, there was no need for that free kick to be paid right in front of goal. Sure, if it's a descent, take it back to the middle and then give the free kick to, to the Blues. Um, and, and interestingly, like last last week, guys, on the Saturday night, the, the Frio North Melbourne game finished under um, enormous confusion with, with the siren and the out-of-bounds deliberate not paid. By Sunday morning, you had a full explanation from the AFL of why it was the correct decision. I mean, this was the Saturday twilight game, so it was over by a bit after 7 o'clock. And we still haven't heard anything from the AFL to say that, Probably yes, what the umpire did was right. So I, I think uh, I think they'd be disappointed. This umpire has gone particularly rogue and took particular offence to something that he probably shouldn't have. Um, like, there was no swear words. It was just... It was just I just think it was a wrong decision to, and the fact that it was a goal directly from that decision and that goal directly impacted the result of the game, uh, it leaves a really bad taste in your mouth and I think the Giants understandably are furious. I think there's a couple of layers to this. Everybody, every fan that goes through the gate of any football code in the world will swear black and blue that a, a free or, or whatever the wording is given against their side is incorrect and, and they vent their anger. Players... We're now saying can't do that. Having said that, though, has it ever happened in the history of the world that an umpire said, well, you know what, you're right, that was pretty unfair, you had the free kick. It's not going to happen, so dissent is sort of a waste of time. Yeah, well, you know what, Jared? the worst thing about the dissent rule is that it always comes about when the umpire has has either paid a clanger or not paid a clanger, and on this yeah. case he didn't pay the clanger. Like Harry McKay was caught holding the ball... It was a, a dreadful non-free kick that the umpire didn't pay, and that's why Stephen Cornelio was so furious. And it wasn't even his... He wasn't even doing the tackling. It was his teammate doing the tackling, and Harry McKay dropped the ball. Stone cold, dropped it. So it's it's the clangers that are the ones that make the, the fans that you were talking about, but also the players most ropeable, and that's when they you know, put their hands up or, or get a bit furious. And that's when they double down and say, not only have I not paid or paid a shocking free kick, but I'm now going to double down and pay another one. Yeah. And that's when, um, you know, players, clubs, fans lose their minds. And for it to actually impact the result of the game, like that's why we It was we're... crucial at that time. Yeah, crucial. crucial. And the Giants were coming. So they were every chance to win it. And that goal really did kill off the result. So, um, you know, internally the Giants, you, you hear that they are... They are furious, and you know I think they would have mounted a pretty damning case to the AFL yesterday that that was a, a an atrocious free kick that should never have been paid. Melbourne got the job done nicely without Max Gorn. Yeah, the, and I mean this is going to be the problem for the Demons that they'll, they'll they've got two A grade ruckmen. One of them, Max Gorn, is out injured, so Brody Grundy will have full run at that ruck position, and he had full run yesterday, and he was magnificent because that's what full time ruckmen do. Max Gorn will come back in six weeks, right, when Brodie Grundy, he might be leading the Brownlow medal by then, and it's going to be the same confusion that they lived through for the first two two weeks of the year. So, um, yeah, I, I still think the Demons are every bit the, the premiership chance, a uh, huge premiership favourite for mine. Um, they put the Swans to the sword yesterday at the MCG. I think the Swans have a, a few mental gremlins with that MCG after what happened on September 24 and grand final day last year, and, and then they were really off yesterday as well. So, um, yeah, the Demons are 
uh, certainly made up for, for their shocker last week in Brisbane. But at their best, I, I think Melbourne are as good a team as any in the competition. What's the situation with, with Buddy Franklin, do you think? Timmy, do they, do they persevere or are we going to see less and less of him this season? Well, I thought he was really good yesterday. So uh, I don't think he was their problem. The problem is when he was out suspended last week, they the forward line probably worked a little bit better without him. So yeah, that's a that's a conund- that's a real conundrum for John Longmire to deal with. But when he is there, I think he's such an imposing force that, um, and he's an icon that, you know, you can't help but if you're a Sydney midfielder and you're running down the the outer wing, then you just instantly look at big buddies and you kick towards him. So. I think they can be a bit buddy-centric. Um, I'm not sure whether they were that overly yesterday, and I think he had a few chances and kicked a couple of nice goals. But is it their best-looking team going forward? Uh, I mean, no-one's going to take him out of the team. So, um, And he's probably in the final year of his of his career. But, um, yeah, they've got to find a way to for, for McDonald to, to play as well as he did last week when Buddy wasn't there. Um yeah, so that's that's the challenge for, for John Longmire. Jimmy, uh, before I let you go, can you tell me what happened in the F1 yesterday? I'm still trying to work it out. <laughs> I just asked James, are they going to ask me about the Grand Prix? Because I'm not quite sure how to explain that without without a whiteboard. Um, <laughs> look, it, it's uh, it's frustrating, and I'm a motorsport head, as you know, and um, I love the fact that so many people loved motorsport last week. You know, like the 440... 4,000 people at Albert Park across the four days, hundred and mm. nearly 140,000 people there yesterday. And I think a lot of them would have left with a sour taste in their mouth. Just think we didn't get the grandstand finish that we were owed. I reckon Formula One after the Abu Dhabi stuff up of two years ago in 2021 to, to end that season, they always wanted to get the end of races right. And that's what I thought they were working towards yesterday, to throw the red flag late, to let them clean up the mess from that almighty crash on the exit of turn one. To, to actually give the fans and, you know, the event a, a grandstand finish, which it deserved, then to run it under safety car was just um, honestly frustrating and ridiculous and I wish they'd had their time again and changed it and had one flying green lap of racing. Verstappen probably still would have won, um, but the fact that they didn't give that big an audience a, a proper finish is, uh, is enormously frustrating for mine. Does the tightness of that track put that particular race in jeopardy going forward? No, no, no. They run okay. at Monaco at the end of May, yep. Jared, where there's basically one lane. Like Albert Park is a magnificent. I mean, it's almost too good to be a street track. Um, and I love the fact that you had guys having a serious dip yesterday, knowing that with some of the attrition in the race that they could get a ridiculously good result and maybe push for a, a top five or a podium when they never deserved to be in a top five position. So that's why you had guys, you know, it was sheep stations there for a few laps, which, you know, it was motorsport at its best. Albert Park hasn't traditionally thrown up great Grand Prix racing. It was awesome yesterday. Um, the only thing was that was the governing body that completely botched the end for mine. So, um, yeah, I said before, frustrating. It's just, yeah, it's just, you hope that people didn't walk away and think, oh, I'm never going to go back to that again. That was a balls up, no. which it kind of was at the end. To me, who's at the desk tonight? Coaches night on AFL 360. Oh, we have Luke Beveridge, which is um, uh, great after what the Bulldogs were able to do, get on the winners list on Thursday night. And we have Adam Simpson crossing in from Perth. So I don't know if you guys, oh, there's so much damn sport on the weekend. I oh, watched that derby last night. It was magnificent. It was a super contest. It I was... thought West Coast were going to snatch it. Yeah. So and, and, but through the third quarter. The fact that they had 
Um, no, no interchange bench. Five injured players that all weren't coming back on. And they ended up putting strapping up Liam Ryan. He should never have been back out on the field. I mean, such was their the injury toll. And then the fact that they still kept pushing the second half. Like it was sort of at the point where Dwayne Russell on the commentary was saying, "This is going to be one of the, like don't worry about the premierships. This is going to be their greatest win ever." If they get over the line against the arch rival in what is you know it's it's a WA Grand Final over there for for the for the derby so Freer held on they win their first win of the year um, but but Adam Simpson to answer your question for, from the Eagles so he'll have a uh, I mean he'll have, he'll need to spend a lot of time in the medical department today to sort of just to to gauge what is the wash up from this because they're all they, that McGovern hamstring looked really bad Cripps has the broken ankle Shuey's done the, a soft tissue again which is just horrible. Uh, there's Ryan, there's Witherden. So there are so many injuries. So, yeah, he'll be fascinating on the, on the wash-up from the derby. Good on you, Timmy. Always a pleasure. We'll catch up later in the week ahead of Thursday night's clash at the Gabba. Brisbane yeah. Lions taking on Collingwood. Bring it on. And, uh, hey, Jared, great to hear you back. Good to be back. Catch you soon. Cheers. Tim Hodges there from AFL 360. Danny Daly, General Manager of Football of the Brisbane Lions, will join us next on the show. Australia's best.